0: Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History, title, bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is
1: there anything you don't gamble on?
0: Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot.
1: And we welcome you in to another edition of Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter. Joined as always by my partner in crime, Matt Siegel. You know him on gambling Twitter at Showtime Cappers. You can find him at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. Matt, I like to call this one of the worst weeks on the sports calendar because it gives us a tease of what it's like to look forward to no football, and it's not fun, and I'm sorry I don't count the Pro Bowl.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Pro Bowl, you know, just kind of for fun, obviously. I, I don't even really watch it. It's really not for me. It's not for everyone. It's definitely, I think, um, I personally think the worst all-star game out of them all. Um, I uh, granted, also, when it takes place, you know, the week <clears throat> in between uh, the conference championships and the Super Bowl. It's obviously just a dead week. You know, it's kind of really like, let's just get to the Super Bowl kind of kind of thing. Um personally, i, I you know, I, I like what they've done over the years
1: with these skill challenges that and stuff. I think that that's a little more exciting to watch. Oh, I'm with you, yeah, it it, jazzed <clears> it up a little bit more. And I think with any all-star event, I like the skills competitions better than the games because the games aren't really games. Whereas the skills competitions, you know what you're getting going in and it's just going to be a fun little competition for your own enjoyment.
2: Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree entirely. And also it's just, you know, not to say that injuries don't happen in other sports, but let's be real out of the four major sports. If there's one game going on, you know, the most likely to have an injury, I, I'm sure most people would vote uh, with a survey, would vote football, right? So that's kind of why naturally the Pro Bowl is is just kind of, it's more like just a walkthrough, right? It's almost kind of like a flag football game. Not that there's not hits, but at the same time, you know, it's definitely not the kind of intensity that we saw last Sunday, and it's not the kind of intense intensity we'll see the following Sunday, that's for sure. So
1: let's Move on, and let's start looking at some action for this Wednesday night, January the twenty second. Um, before we get to some specific picks, Matt, you were kind of talking about how you like to go through an NBA rotation when it's a big slate like today is. Why don't you just explain that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, so when it's a big slate like like it is today, with you know how many games you got, you got about twelve games or whatnot. It's really tough to pick and choose across the board for me personally, when there are a lot of NBA games, I prefer the slates with around five to eight games. It's a lot easier for me to narrow down the games and zone in on the games. I like, that doesn't mean I automatically look off the NBA with a card of 12 plus games, but I definitely am a lot more selective on a larger slate of games. You know, knowing that there's a lot more potential upsets rather than, to guess and pick and choose between the 12 games, you know, it's hard to find those games to zone in on. However, there are a few spots that I'm looking for a lean, and I'm going to go right to Atlanta. One spot that I'm potentially looking at is the Hawks plus four. Obviously, the Clippers are on a back-to-back road. We spoke about this. Uh, Paul George did not play last night. Very well might not play tonight. Pat Beverly is a game-time decision as well. We've seen Kawhi Leonard rest on these back-to-back road games as well. Uh, So this could be an interesting spot if you book the Hawks plus four and Kawhi Leonard ends up getting ruled out close to game time. Paul George ruled out close to game time. Obviously, the line will shift into your favor, and you will gain value. And, you know, we know what Kawhi Leonard brings to the Clippers, so obviously would make the Hawks... <clears throat> challenge a little less daunting and you know the Hawks they're not the best team but without Kawhi and without Paul George you know the Clippers are definitely a different team and if Pat Beverly were to sit the Clippers could just end up resting their players again obviously there is a gamble to it with you know Kawhi Leonard not be ru- not ruled out yet however The line will only move in your favor, Greg, because he's he's playing as of now. So the line stands as is with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. So by booking the Hawks plus four now, you know, you're either just going to gain value if Kawhi Leonard's ruled out. And if not, then I still don't hate to play with the Clippers on back to back road games, playing a tough game in Dallas, coming down to the wire yesterday, exhausting a lot of energy and you know, then traveling to Atlanta right after, where the Hawks have had a rest day yesterday. So it's just an it's an interesting spot nonetheless. And like I said, you have the the chance of a, of a Kawhi Leonard sitting. So it, it's a good it's good value to book it this morning, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm not playing it, but it is a side I would lean. Uh, because also think not only is it a back to back road like you mentioned for the Clippers, but last night. It was a road win against Dallas. So I think especially when you beat a team that is, you know, in the mix, the Clippers are three and a half games north of the Mavericks in the Western Conference standings. But when you come off that kind of win, obviously you go into this back-to-back knowing full well that the game you're going to prioritize more is the game against your fellow contender in the West, not the game against the bottom feeder in the East. So that also lends me to think that, you know, if there is – plans to sit Kawhi Leonard, or even if there aren't, you know, it, it just could be a little bit of a flat spot for the Clippers. off of a nice road win against the Mavericks. So, also just something to look at there.
2: Yeah, and like you said, we see these flat spots in the NBA all the time, Greg. Coming off of a big win against a potential playoff team. I mean, as it stands today, the Clippers and uh, Mavericks will be playing in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, we know that. They know that. And so, they take that game... Seriously, it was like a hard-fought game, right? game last night. Yeah, it was a playoff environment. You know, if you
1: watch that game, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic were going at and it. Down it and also, for what it's worth to add to the playoff environment, it was the only game on the NBA card. So, I think that probably plays into the minds of some guys knowing that, hey, you know, the game was on NBA TV. There were probably a lot of people watching.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, look, these guys are human at the end of the day, these players. You know, they just have... This crazy talent of basketball, such as in a is top of his field. You know, they know that it's the only game on TV, national televised on NBA TV, and they know fans across the world and nationwide in America. If you're an NBA fan, you were watching that game last night. These are two of the top teams in the West. I understand they're four and five in the seating, but I think most can agree that the Clippers are clearly. The one or two, whether you prefer them or the Lakers, even though they sit at four in the standings. And I think everyone knows that the Mavericks are now for real. We were a little early on the Mavericks last year. And coming into this year, they were a little hyped, obviously, with Porzingis coming and Luka Doncic taking another step forward and some other young players. And they're living up to it, Greg. They're sitting at the five seed. And whoever they play in the first round, let me tell you, they are going to have a chance to win a first-round playoff series, and, and they're not going to be an easy out.
1: Let's move on, and I want to go to one of Kawhi Leonard's former teams for my next, for my first play, I should say, uh, and we'll stay in the uh, 7 o'clock Eastern window. This game nationally televised, and I like the Toronto Raptors at home against the Philadelphia 76ers. I booked this at minus 6 for the Raptors, uh, you can play it, I would, up to seven, which is where I believe the market is kind of sitting at right now. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid remains sidelined for Philadelphia, and the Sixers had all sorts of problems in the first half against the Nets defending, and they were able to come back and win that game on Monday. And Ben me the best game his NBA career. But it's the end of a three-game road trip for the, for the Sixers. They do have the Lakers on Saturday, for what it's worth, and... Um, You know, you have a Raptors team that I still think at times gets a little overlooked in the East. I'm not saying they're going to win the East, but I think games like this against teams like the Sixers, like the Celtics, like the Bucks in the regular season, you're going to see a team like the Raptors get up more for to continue to prove that they are still legit and they were more than just Kawhi Leonard in 2018, 2019. So uh, I agree with this line move. I think that the Raptors are going to win this game by double digits. As I said, I think the Sixers normally when teams are at the end of road trips, it's when I like to fade them. And the Sixers, I mentioned their comeback against the Nets. They didn't play well in that first half. They didn't play well at all the game before that against the Knicks. And we're lucky to win the game. No cover on Saturday at Madison Square Garden. So I'm just not sure that the Sixers are going to be able to get away with any effort that's less than 48 full minutes tonight, which I don't see. So I like the Raptors to win this game relatively handily.
2: Yeah, Greg, I mean no pushback from me here. We know the Sixers struggles on the road. We know Toronto's success. Yeah, and
1: thank you for mentioning home. that. I, I should have included uh the Sixers are the worst ATS team mode in the NBA.
2: Yeah, and it's not even close. And and, and the Raptors themselves are are a are a pretty good team at at home as well I mean I I always look to play you know if the Raptors have a short line at home that's always an easy look for me I mean they're sitting at 15 and 7 at home the Sixers Greg are 9 and 14 on the road I mean that that's pretty embarrassing and that that goes from the difference of 20 and 2 at home so you can really see the difference from the home and road splits for the Sixers. The Raptors a bit more consistent, 15-7 and seven at home, 14-7 and seven on the road. But remember, you know, now the Raptors, they were missing Siakam for a stretch. They were missing Gasol. They have both those guys back. 76ers missing Joel Embiid. So, you know, their, their normal height advantage against the majority of teams will not be significant here. Ben Simmons has been playing elite with Joel Embiid out, but you know I just don't know if it's enough to get the job done on the road in Toronto here. So I I don't mind your play of the six and a half, and I think Toronto Raptors in a par, in a two team parlay bringing that down to even odds. Sure. So you know with another <clears throat> with another team that that I, that I believe would win, you know, like the Boston Celtics at home laying seven, put those two teams in a parlay, and, you know, and you're looking at close to even odds, minus 120, minus 125-ish.
1: Well, uh, and I'll throw it a step further with my next play, and if you want to use this team in that kind of a parlay, I wouldn't blame you, and that's the Houston Rockets. I like them at home. I laid eight. I'm seeing eight and a half now, and when I first saw this line, I thought, oh, my God, like that seems really long for the uh, – Houston Rockets to be laying against the Denver Nuggets. And then when I looked into it more, it's like, oh, that's right. Denver's got injuries. Uh, Gary Harris is a game-time decision. Mason Plumlee, Jamal Murray, and Paul, uh, Paul Millsap all are not expected to play for the Nuggets tonight. Uh, so uh, you talk about home-road splits. Denver's about five hundred against a spread on the road, um, and we know about how good of a home court advantage <coughs> Denver is. Uh, but I think shorthanded, especially in the NBA, I mean, it's such a top-heavy league where if you're down a star or two, it's going to be very difficult to win against a team that has that kind of star power. We know that the Rockets do. I'm willing to swallow the points and lay the eight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: Greg, I, I actually looked at the Rockets today, and I don't know if you kept up with my parlay of the day. but I had have- it on a roll. Have you been yeah, using so, the Rockets a lot? So, no, so it was on a roll um, up until two days ago when James Harden decided to shoot one of 17 from three. Ooh. Now, I was expecting the Heat to ruin my parlay as I booked a three-team parlay, Bucks, Heat, and Rockets, and then Jimmy Butler was then ruled out <clears throat> unexpectedly. And I, you know, there was not much I can do with the parlay already locked in. They were playing the Kings... And I still kind of had faith in the Heat. So, obviously, I, you know, I mean, with a three-team parlay, it wasn't much to do. <clears throat> I left it, but I figured, okay, if this loses, I mean, the Heat without Jimmy Butler is probably going to blow it. Meanwhile, the Heat are trailing the majority of the game. They come back. They force overtime. They win the game in overtime. I didn't even realize, and half the people I see comments and DMs, that the Rockets blew the game by losing <clears throat> by 20 points in the fourth quarter to the Thunder at home. The Rockets, Greg, were up 14 or 15 at one point in that game, and, I I mean, I thought it was over. James Harden, one of 17 from three. That's absolutely pathetic. But, I mean, hey. I will uh, say, if anything,
1: that makes me like the Rockets a little more tonight, though. I mean. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, can he shoot one of 17 again for a player that great? I I highly doubt it, but it does give me a bad taste in my mouth. But, like you said, you know. Now, when I lay off the Rockets tonight, they'll win by 25. So I I will stay off for you, and I will guarantee you your Rockets (laughs) cover.
1: Thank you. Um, I have one more play in the NBA, but I'll let you uh, point to any other spots if you have any in the association. Not many other spots that I have in the
2: association. However, I would potentially um, give a glance at another parlay of the day that I'm cooking up today. You know, I we have the Heat at home, we have the Lakers on the road at, <clears throat> and you know you stick those two together, and and I and I'm I'm crafting those two I have t- already, and I am was leaning towards the Raptors as my third team, so with you being on the Raptors, Greg, I think I'm gonna have to officially lock that in Raptors Lakers Heat parlay of the day minus one oh five. Um, we already broke down the Raptors game and how the Sixers perform on the road. So I believe that the Raptors will edge out that game. I have zero worries that the Miami Heat at home will take that game over the Wizards. Miami Heat again, another very good home team we 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 know that they are nineteen and one. very good, is honestly, an understatement Greg. I mean, they've only lost sure. one game all at all season at home. The Wizards, not only are they obviously a bad team, I mean, they are pathetic on the road five and seventeen. I mean, but you're getting the price there. And I just don't see the heat not winning that game. And the Lakers going to Madison Square Garden. we already know how bad the Knicks are. And, again, it's still Madison Square Garden. LeBron and AD, they're going to want to put on a show. Do they cover? I don't know, Greg, but it doesn't matter. Parlay of the day. Heat, Raptors, Lakers, minus 105.
1: My last NBA play, and it's going to be a max play. We're going from, talked about the Raptors, one of Kawhi Leonard's former teams. I'm Ending it with his first team, the San Antonio Spurs. On the road, I think they are a live underdog, plus three and a half against the New Orleans Pelicans. This, to me, was something I was eyeing up, and it happens to be a team that I want to get on in the second half, like San Antonio. But more than anything else, I want to fade the New Orleans Pelicans in the debut of Zion Williamson. To me, that makes a lot of sense when you have a young phenom coming in, probably going to be trying to do too much. And remember, this is a New Orleans team that is very uh, young, and they have a lot of players just getting their feet wet. Brandon Ingram's kind of been the man there. What's going to happen now that Zion Williamson takes the, takes to the floor is Brandon Ingram just going to be able to dominate the way he's been, you know, and Lonzo ball, another young guy that came over in that Anthony Davis trade. I just think that one of the reasons why I really liked this win total under 39 for the NBA season was because you, you were going to have a lot of players that had never played much together at all. And some guys, like Zion Williamson, playing their first games in the NBA. So uh, it's a New Orleans team that I don't think is going to be able to keep up this hot play and make the playoffs. Conversely, you have a Spurs team that's actually coming in playing pretty well. They've won back-to-back games, and they're battling for that last playoff seed with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I expect the Spurs to get hot. I'm always going to lean on the veteran team in the second half of the season, like the Spurs. We saw them pick up a big win on Monday against the Suns, another team that's kind of on that playoff fringe. Uh, They beat the Miami Heat uh, over the weekend, uh, which was a game I had the Spurs in. I think the Spurs are going to start to heat up, as I said, and when I can get them catching points on the road against a team I believe they are better than with Zion Williamson making his NBA debut, which I think will, at least for tonight throw things off a little bit more for the Pelicans offensively. They've been scoring the rock almost at will. I have to look at the Spurs' favorite play in the NBA, San Antonio, plus three and a half for a max. Go Spurs, go.
2: Greg, I got to get in on this as well. Um, you know, and it's funny because it makes me really like the play that we like it for separate reasons, Greg. The reason I like this is I don't necessarily know if Zion's going to mess up the Pelicans or or throw them off. I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying I don't know personally. He may or he may not, obviously. But I would side with the fact that he could. Obviously trying to integrate a player. I also just don't know how many minutes he's going to play. I sure. also think it's just a, a little over hype. Remember, this is still his NBA debut. So not only is he coming back from an injury, this is his NBA debut. We expect Zion Williamson to be a tremendous talent and whatnot. But even if he plays more minutes than we think and has a great game, the San Antonio Spurs on the other side are walking into this game. This is not a regular game for them, Greg. This is a nationally televised game on ESPN. Like we just said, everyone in the sports world will be watching this game with Zion Williamson's debut. You know what that means? DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, the rest of the boys for San Antonio – they know that everyone's watching them as well. You know, you think that they want to just get blown out? They want to, no, they want to remind Zion Williamson,
1: this hey, is the Hey, welcome to NBA. the league, young fella. Yeah,
2: welcome to the league, young fella. Exactly, Greg, exactly. So I think that not only from a potential standpoint could Zion, you know, obviously, I'm not going to say mess up the Pelicans, but, but, but alter what they how they've been playing, you know, trying to integrate himself. Of course, I'm going the other way also, and I'm saying I think the Spurs want this game more than another regular season game simply because of the hype. This game was announced that Zion Williamson was was debuting, you know, about 10 days ago or a week ago. We've been anticipating it. It was then flexed to national television ESPN. The Spurs will get up for this game, Greg. I really think so. And Personally, I don't see a reason to play the points here because, you know, I-, I just think the Spurs can win out, right? Or, you know, Zion is Zion, and he is what we thought he was, and he electrifies Smoothie King Arena and this Pelicans team, and they beat the Spurs. If you're looking to play the Spurs here, I don't see any reason to play the three and a half. Greg, do you really think the three and a half is necessary here?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, just in general, when it's a short number – I I tend to go better safe than sorry. Had it been three, I maybe would be looking more towards the money line. But the fact that if it were to land as a, any one possession game in either way, it's just something I like to have in my back pocket. You know, if it's a tie game with 30 seconds left, I don't necessarily have to worry who has the ball. I can just root for the game to end in regulation and I'll probably be okay. So it's just kind of the security of having those points. But if you ask me, who's going to win this game, I would say the Spurs win.
2: Yeah. And, and like I said, the only reason I lean the money line is because I think, I, I don't think, think the
1: Spurs win this game almost comfortably.
2: I, I don't necessarily know if they win comfortably. I just don't see it being a one possession game when it comes down to it. Right. I see Zion. I see it going two ways. The Spurs coming to play and not comfortably as in by 15, but, but, you know, giving it their all, win this game, you know, by a 7-8 point margin, or I see Zion truly igniting a fire under this Pelicans team and a sold-out Smoothie King Arena and the Pelicans running the absolute train on the Spurs. So... My last bit of advice would be, however you're playing this game, I think alternate lines are a good way to look because if the Pelicans are winning this game, I don't think it's going to be by three. A good point. I, I think they're gonna. I think they would. They would blow out the Spurs here if the Spurs didn't show up. But like I said, I think the Spurs win this game by two, three, four possessions.
1: Well, that's enough for me. I'll tell you what, Matt. It's a strong enough handicap. I already locked in a max on the plus three and a half, but I will put one unit down on the Spurs' money line. I'm seeing plus 148, plus 150 in that ballpark. If you don't
2: sprinkle on the money line, Greg, you're not allowed back on the pod. That's the (laughs) rules.
1: I will certainly sprinkle on the money line. Let's move on. No ads this week, so we roll right through. Let's go to the college hardwood, where I'm going to go from one max play to another, and I love this in the college hardwood, and it is in the Big Ten. I'm going to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Minus 5.5 is what I booked this number at. Against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Matt, you and I are both Jersey natives, and what have we heard the last two days ever since the new AP poll came out? Rutgers, good for you. First time in 41 years in the top 25, and it almost feels like a coronation already of Rutgers basketball, even though really the nitty-gritty is just beginning in college basketball with about six, seven weeks until Selection Sunday, and therefore, I am always going to look to back because Iowa is just in the top 25 as well. They are off of a victory against Michigan. So, yes, normally that would be a spot where I would want to fade the team that just got into the top 25 off of a win against a program like Michigan. However, let's not forget who we're dealing with here. This is an Iowa program under Fran McCaffrey that has kind of been there, done that. Iowa is kind of, in football and basketball, They're just kind of that program that there's nothing flashy about, but you're always going to see them somewhere in the top 25. And it's just a matter of where. And so I think this is a lot more familiar territory for the Hawkeyes. Uh, Remember, really, nobody can win on the road in the Big Ten. It did happen last night with Maryland and uh, Illinois winning on the road. Unfortunately, I had uh, Purdue, but I did have Maryland. uh, So that made me feel a little bit better. But I mean, Matt, just a system play here. Anytime I... I get this kind of school with this kind of story like Rutgers now going on the road just into the top 25 against a program like Iowa that's used to playing big games in February. I'm going to take the team that's been there, done that. And I know it's almost February. I'm taking the team that's been there, done that every time. Max play Iowa Hawkeyes minus five and a half.
2: Greg, I love the handicap. Let me tell you, I took a hard look at Iowa today and Ultimately, I did decide to lay off. And the only reason to that is we have seen a home teams dominate in the Big Ten for the last couple of weeks. Almost I feels crazy. easy. I pressed the luck with Purdue yesterday. Sure. And obviously Purdue at home loses. They lost at Illinois by like 20 or 30 earlier in the year. Then they come at home and they're minus six. So that line tells me. All right, you know, they're at home. So I play Purdue. They end up losing by 17 last night. If you noticed, the three games last night in the Big Ten all kind of flipped. Maryland came out second half, dominated a Northwestern team that beat them in four, by 14 in the first half and didn't end up covering. So what I'm getting at is obviously those games have no implication on these games. But maybe, just maybe we saw... Domination in the Big Ten for home teams for the first couple weeks, and we've seen a slight overreaction in some of these lines, Greg. And truthfully, I believe Rutgers is actually, you know, a good basketball team this year. I've watched them play a couple games. They're they're fast. They play with energy. They can hit the three. And frankly, they're five and zero oh against the spread and five and zero oh to the under in their last five games. You know what that means to me, Greg? They play hard defense, and they play hard for 40 minutes. So I can't fully get on board with Iowa here minus the five and a
1: half. Leaning that way, or is it a straight pass?
2: No, so if I were to play this game, I would look to parlay Iowa with another team again, a two-team parlay, bring them down to even odds. But this is a pass for me, Greg. I really would not be surprised if Rutgers walked in to Iowa and won this game because I think they're playing some really good basketball. However, I can't, just, I can't go against the home Big Ten teams just yet. I need to see a little more. But I'm just advising everyone out there to be a little careful. I think Rutgers is playing really good basketball. And, and, and I think that they can pull this out. But I, I, I'm not playing Rutgers with the five and a half. I would play them money line for some lunch money if I had any play on this game, but I have no play on this game.
1: Let's keep things moving. Where are some areas that you're looking to, Matt, for investments on the College Hardwood? Yes. Yeah, so
2: I, I am offering a $10 VIP card on the College Basketball Hardwood today. That includes eight plays on the College Basketball Hardwood. If you're interested, obviously, DM me on Twitter. However, I did give out three plays for free, Greg. And I'm going to dive into the first play, and it's a one-unit play, and I'm going to the ACC. I took Syracuse plus four on the road at Notre Dame. I really like the basketball Syracuse has been playing, Greg. 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the spread last three games, one at Virginia, seven-point dogs. They win the game outright by eight. We understand Virginia has been struggling this year. They aren't the typical Virginia Cavaliers team we've seen. Nonetheless, still always a tough place to play, especially in conference. And they went on the road as four-point dogs and won outright in a close game at Virginia Tech, another tough place to play. You know, this Notre Dame team, I just don't know... I just don't know about this, about this game situationally. Today, I understand they walked into the Carrier Dome uh, a week ago. They were plus three on the road, and they beat Syracuse outright. They won that game by one, a close game. So what does that tell me, Greg? Now Notre Dame comes home, a very similar line to the same line that Syracuse was at home, except just flip with Notre Dame at home, and I think we're going to see a very similar result. The road team goes on the road, and wins a close game outright. So I think Syracuse is is truthfully going to walk in and win this game outright, but I'll take the four points.
1: Yeah, I, I don't hate the play. The one thing I would say is the ACC has been a huge disappointment this year, and therefore, it makes me difficult to know who to trust and what teams I have reads on. Um, And so, I am going to stay away, because just from a league perspective, it just seems like this is going to be, you know, an all-time low, or a long-time low, I should say, in uh, NCAA tournament bids for the ACC. So, it's not to say that Syracuse can't cover this number in this specific game. It's just, I what I'm getting at is I don't really have a read on this league outside of Florida state Duke and Louisville. It's very difficult to know. I mean, gosh, we've seen Virginia have all sorts of problems. North Carolina is probably going to miss the tournament. Uh, Syracuse is another brand program that Greg, when was the last
2: time you, North Carolina missed the tournament. Yeah, you, and, you know? yeah.
1: And, and, and much less the same here that Rutgers, we just talked about is probably going to make it. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, Rutger, just, Rutgers I, is going to be is going to be a top six seed in this tournament. Greg. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It certainly is very possible. But as far as your handicap, they are going to make I'm some
2: gonna, noise. They're going to make some noise.
1: I hate to sound boring on Syracuse and Notre Dame, but I just don't have much on the game. So um, it is a pass for me. I want to go to the Big East. Craig.
2: Well, next- let me ask you before it's a pass. How would you evaluate the fact that Notre Dame won this game on the road? As sure. minus, as a plus three dog. And now Syracuse is coming in as plus four, plus four and a half. Yeah. You know, would I mean, you take, would you value that as mean anything? You know, they won this game on the road, Greg. So isn't Notre Dame at home then? It weighs your bet. You know, how
1: would you, how would you look at I that? I hear you. Um, you could also look at it as, well, what I'm just saying about the ACC and how it's been inconsistent. Well, you could look at it and say, well, that's exactly why you want to play Syracuse here because
2: that's what I was kind of getting at
1: on a nightly basis if it's not Duke Louisville or Florida State we really don't know what we're getting out of any of the teams in this league Uh, and so that also makes me think okay we had Notre Dame win on the road now we're gonna have Syracuse win on the road because nothing really makes a lot of sense in the ACC this year so um, that's kind of how I would also look at that one. But I want to keep things moving here, and I want to go to the Big East, and I am going to play the Providence Friars on the road. I'm going to take them plus nine against Seton Hall in the Big East. I mentioned the ACC being down. Well, you have the Big East that is stepping right in. And Greg, did uh, you you take this off my card, Greg? (laughs) <laughs> I I can be honest I did not look at your card I couldn't tell you a single play it's flattering Greg
2: it's very flattering
1: well I'm glad that we agree because when we look at the uh, you know bracket breakdowns right now and I'll be honest I'm getting to the time of year after the Super Bowl, I will be very eagerly awaiting every update that Joe Lenardi releases of his bracket because that's the month of February for me. is just refresh, refresh, refresh on the ESPN Bracketology page. And sure enough, right now, we know that the Big Ten is dominating. We just talked about Rutgers having a good year, and they're not the only team in that league. Obviously, uh, the Big Ten is the best conference in the land. But the second-best league. Right now, as far as bids in Lenardi's bracket, and this guy is normally a lot more right than wrong, it's the Big East with six bids. And so my point here is we have a Seton Hall team that's undefeated in Big East play. And I think they're going to lose a game soon because this league is deep enough that suggests that nobody's going to be able to run the table or even only lose one or two in the conference. And that goes for Butler, that goes for Villanova, Um, I just am going to look as the season wears on. I think this is a deep enough league where the wear and tear of the big East, it's not what it used to be, but it's a good enough league where these teams will fall back a little bit. I had St. John's. Uh, on Saturday against Seton Hall. That should have been an outright win for St. John's. Uh, this league's too good for teams to keep running right through and covering numbers like this. Uh, not to say Seton Hall won't win. I do think Providence has a chance to steal this game outright, but I love the nine points, and it sounds like you like it as well.
2: Yeah, Greg, this is just, this is, this is, I can't even get out of my, my mouth. I'm sorry. This is too many points. Way too many points for Providence on the road. Greg, we've seen Providence cover their last three road yeah, games. Yeah, they just covered
1: at Creighton, which is yeah, a tough place to
2: play. Dude, tremendously. That's okay. Let's get into that. Um, the Big East has some of the toughest places to play in the country.
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, between the Big East and the Big Ten, I think those are honestly the two conferences where, when it goes home and road, I think those are the biggest discrepancies. And I think that because in some of the other conferences. You just have a bigger discrepancy between teams. The Big East and the Big Ten, we very well may see eight teams from each conference get in the tournament. So I think home and road discrepancy in those two conferences specifically is huge. With that being said, we've seen a, a, a Providence team cover their last three games on the road, winning two out of the three outright, and we've seen them not cover two, their past two games at home Going 1-1 one and one at home. So maybe this Providence team is slightly more comfortable on the road, right? We've seen them play a lot of close games. A four-point loss to Crayon. A five-point win to St. John's. A one-point win at Marquette. A one-point win at DePaul. This Providence team plays hard. They play physical. And they play close games. Flip the script. Seton Hall, three-point win at St. John's, an eight-point win against Butler, right? They have played close games as well. Now, they have some blowouts in there as well. At home, they blew out Marquette. At home, they blew out Georgetown, but like I said, this Providence team is comfortable playing on the road. Nine points is too many for Seton Hall. I expect Seton Hall to win. I'm not sprinkling on the money line here, but I, there's no way that that scene hall is going to cover this is going to win this game by double digits. I can promise you that. So this is a okay. two unit play for me and all my VIP card gave this play out for free, Greg
1: agreement on the Friars plus the points. Uh, I got nine and you know, I'd play that down to seven, seven and a half in that neighborhood um, and, and feel pretty good about it. I want to wrap up my college plays. With uh, I'm going to go to a conference that I know pretty well. Being an alum uh, from Temple University, I'll go to the American Athletic Conference. And no, I'm not looking to Temple Cincinnati tonight. I'm actually looking to a later game, and that is the Tulsa Golden Hurricane at home, getting three points against the Memphis Tigers. This is a Tulsa team that, don't look now, they're 4-1 and one in the American Athletic Conference, and they already have a win over Houston. So uh, right now, This is a conference, the American, where we feel pretty safe about uh, Houston, Wichita State, and Memphis getting in the tournament. Well, if you have a Tulsa team that can pick up a victory over Memphis, having already picked up a victory over Houston, well, right there, you're going to have a Tulsa Golden Hurricane team under Frank Haith that's beginning to... Play its way onto the bubble. Tulsa is 12 and 6 overall. I mentioned their strong play in the American Athletic Conference. And it all has me thinking. I mean, right now, as far as the conference standings go, you have Houston at one. And as I said, their lone loss in the league play is to Tulsa. Then you have Tulsa two and Memphis three to make a run at an NCAA bid. And what better opportunity than to beat a ranked Memphis Tigers team in your barn. So, I love this spot for Tulsa. As I said, 63-61 win over Houston. I think this is going to be a very close game, which is why I will still take the points. And I grab three with the Golden. But don't look now. These are some teams I like to grab. January, early February, before we start getting to peak bubble time in the last two, three weeks of the year, because that's when I think you see a little bit of a bubble tax on teams. And sure enough, Tulsa has Memphis tonight, and on February 1st, they play Wichita State. So I might be looking to grab Tulsa again there. But I like Tulsa plus three for my last play in college, college basketball tonight.
2: Yeah, Greg, this would typically be a spot that I would look, frankly, when I just, you know, not to say that I, I I I don't like the play. It just it just didn't sit right with me. Um it checked out most of the boxes that I would look for in a play. Uh I mean Tulsa is, you know, three and oh, straight up and against a spread, four and oh, four uh, excuse me, four out of five. The last five games they have won outright and covered. Um so they are playing good basketball. But This Memphis team really gave me a sour taste in my mouth. It seems to be the trend for the podcast today. When I had USF, uh, South Florida, a couple weeks back. Uh, Did you take three and a
1: half in that game?
2: At home, I had three and a half. USF winning the majority of the game. Uh, they, They were up eight at halftime, winning the majority of the game in the second half. Uh, and you know, obviously, not only do they lose the game and blow the lead that they have, they lose the second half by 12 to not cover the full game spread, and it came down to a foul shot at the end. Oh. USF couldn't make their foul shots down the stretch. I mean, I you know, I even just pulled back the box score. USF with six seconds left misses two foul shots. You know, they were it was 67-64. USF going to the line. Obviously, I just need him to make at least one because, you know, then if the Memphis guy went one and one, I would cover. If he makes two, I'm sitting down one and I'm going to get the three and a half cover. He goes over two from the line. Memphis gets foul. Four seconds left. Go one of one from the line. And obviously, that's all she wrote. Memphis won by four. So they pulled that game out here, Greg. So the only thing I'm going to say here is that I laid off because of Memphis. However... If you are playing Tulsa, I would also give the first half a look because a team like Memphis that struggled in the first half and came out second half and won that game can always do that again.
1: Yeah, I like that look. And um, just one other thing on Memphis, Uh, as far as against the spread on the road, uh, we've seen them – They were laying a big number at Tulane in the conference opener that they played, and they did not cover that game. Um, This was a home game, but they lost a conference game to Wichita, who's obviously a really good team. And and you talked about that USF game being a little phony. So, uh, yeah, I do like your look, though, with first half. I think if Tulsa is going to be in this game, they're going to have to start well.
2: Yeah, so, and like I said, you know, obviously they come out a hot win the first half you know then you're free rolling for the full game Uh, let's be real I don't think you expect Tulsa if they don't play a great first half and are down by eight or nine I don't know how confident you would be backing a Tulsa team in the second half you know they've been playing good basketball but let's not shy away from the main point of why Tulsa is the play here is with the home edge so if they're not coming out if that crowd gets
1: with, lulled to sleep, then yeah. It's you know, exactly. And
2: Memphis goes into halftime with an 8-9 point lead. They're going to come out like it's their gym in the second half. And truthfully, probably use their talent edge to their advantage as opposed to Tulsa. You know, we understand they're a solid basketball team, but, you know, let's be real, the majority of the play here comes from the home edge and, and, and getting up to play Memphis here. So I would expect if Tulsa has a chance to win this game, I would expect that means that it's either a close game the full way or they're leading by two, three possessions at halftime.
1: Matt, anything else on the college hardwood before we just wrap things up with a couple of quick NHL picks?
2: Nothing else on the college hardwood for me other than my VIP plays. Like I said, DM me for details on Twitter.
1: Okay, let's wrap things up, and I'll let you start in the NHL where we have two games one of which is the Winnipeg Jets traveling to the Columbus Blue Jackets, both these teams in playoff positioning in their respective conferences. But you do have Winnipeg on a back-to-back road, uh, which is always a nice fade. Uh, Matt, why don't you take it from there?
2: Greg, I mean, that's right where I'm going. Winnipeg on a back-to-back road, losing I mean, getting, I guess, I don't know if you'd call it a blowout, but lost 4-1 to last night. Not the best performance in Carolina. Now traveling to Columbus. Obviously, we know Columbus was off last night. Not only off last night, Columbus was also off on Monday. Their last game was Tuesday. So they have a two-day rest. Columbus is also playing great hockey, Greg. 5-0 and in their last five, and 5-0 and to the under. They're really Ding up, Greg. They really are. They're playing hard, getting a lot of hits. Winnipeg not going through the same kind of stretch. One and five in their last five. They haven't been playing great hockey. Let up four goals. Let up five goals. Let up seven goals. The one game they won, they won 4-0. But obviously you can see the trend here haven't been great, playing great hockey, haven't been scoring many goals. And last time I checked, you need to score goals to win the game. However, they are actually a better team on the road than they are at home, which is surprising, not typical for most teams. But in the NHL, we actually see this more often than in any other sport. They're sitting at 14-10-2 on the road, while they are 11-11-2 at home. However, Greg, Columbus... They're a very good home team, 15-9-2 at home. I don't expect anything to change. Five straight wins, 8-2 and two in their last 10. Like I said, <clears throat> Winnipeg is struggling 3-6-1 in their last 10 on a three-game skid. I expect Columbus to get this done in regulation, Greg. I'm playing Columbus Blue Jackets, three-unit. Max play in regulation minus 120. This is going to be a free max play already out on my Twitter, Greg. So I hope everyone gets in on this with me. I'm looking at something like a three-one four two four one excuse me victory to Columbus. I expect the Columbus win and
1: under trend to continue here, Greg. Yeah, I certainly lean that side. Um, you talked about a lot of the good trends for Columbus. They've been one of the more surprising teams in the first half in the NHL, and if anything, that is why I ultimately will pass the game. I am expecting in the second half of the year for there to be a little bit of regression from Columbus. By that same token, I didn't think Winnipeg would be as good as they've been so far this year either. So um, just a tricky game for me. I'm staying off it. I'm actually going to look to the other game in the NHL, and I'm going to take – a little bit of a flyer on the Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings. Yes, they are pathetic, but um, if you've been listening to this pod, you do know that I work in Minnesota. I am a uh, South Jersey native, moved out here for work, and I was watching the end, I, and I also had the Wild the other night. I was watching the end of the Wild's game against the Florida Panthers on Monday night, and it was just a crushing loss for the Wild. They were up 4-3 with something like seven minutes left in the game, and they give up a tying goal in regulation. And then in the final 10 seconds of regulation, Florida comes back and wins the game in regulation. And so that loss sent Minnesota down to the bottom of the Central Division standings. And while the Central Division may well be the best division in the NHL, so Minnesota obviously deserves to be favored here. They are the better team than Detroit. I just think this is two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs and you have one that suffered a crushing loss on Monday night and you have the other that, yeah, they're bad, but they've pretty much been bad the whole way. So I'm not sure I'm looking at any kind of uh, letdown necessarily. I actually think maybe Detroit looks at it as, hey, we can pick these guys off now. They might be a little bit, uh, little down and maybe they start slow, which is also why I'm thinking about Detroit. In the first period as well, it would really be annoying if I uh, took this money line and they got out to a lead and then blew it. Um, Just something that I'm looking at. It's just all when you're betting these kinds of teams like the Red Wings. It's just who are the Minnesota Wild to be minus 270 on the money line. And that's what I'm saying. I just think there's a greater likelihood than that money line indicates that Detroit game, which is why I'm going to take a flyer on the Red Wings at better than two to one. Anytime I can play bet one unit and win more Mm -hmm. than two. uh, And and I think it's worthwhile. Yeah. I'll take the chance. Now, Greg, could this be more of a price against the Red Wings rather than on the wild? Like how do you distinguish, you know, on the Red Wings, say it again. You mean against the wild rather than on the Red Wings.
2: Uh, no, I mean the 260. You say, who are they to be minus 260? I'm saying, oh, the price. could this yeah, price in mean, the I... wild be more indicative of how bad the Red Wings are, not truly how good the wild are? I think I I, I believe so, as we've seen the Red Wings potentially lined up to have a historically bad uh, season. But, you know, the take is interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, anytime you bet. Uh, money line at better than two to one, you have to go in tempering your expectations. You have to realize that there is a reason that this team is this big of a dog. However, sometimes the teams that they have to give it a look. I'll go back to uh, uh, just a spot. In a way, reminds me of, and it was the Detroit Tigers in baseball, ironically enough, also a Detroit team. They were like 4-1 to on the money line in one game against Houston this year. And anybody that bet Detroit, I think, was just looking at saying, well, there's no way any team in baseball should be that big of an underdog in one game. And sure enough, Detroit actually won the game. So, you know, again, like, I'm not saying that the Red Wings are a lock this in. They're going to win. But I just think they are worth a look. I don't think that this price uh, is factoring in the letdown loss from the wild. And that's why I I think, Hey, I'll, I'll take my chances here with Minnesota uh, coming out a little slow and, and Detroit having a chance to uh, pick them off a little bit. I think this price is a little too large on Minnesota. So I'll take the red wings and uh, roll the dice and, and see where it takes me. Matt, I got nothing else unless you do.
2: Greg, I don't. I have one note out there, and that's let's print the day away, Greg. Let's print.
1: Sounds good. Matt, we'll talk again over the weekend as we hit the college hardwood. Yes, sir. All righty, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our producer, Alex, as always, as well. And please enjoy your hump day and, of course, play responsibly.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.